Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 26 of Casual Watch Talk. We've got over that quarter of a quarter to yeah. 100, All getting right. closer. Yep. How have you been this week, Chris? Uh, decent, hanging in there. We've got, uh, you know, we're still in the midst of uh, midst of our pandemic, but, uh, you know, we went out for a, uh, we went out for a drive on th- last Thursday and just kind of got out of the house. Went to the, uh, went up to the mountains just to get out and uh, away. So doing well. Yeah, we, uh, we went out for a drive yesterday down the coast to Carlsbad, which I've never been before, which is, um, uh, anybody's not familiar with the, the west of the US, it's sort of half the way to San Diego from where I live, which is sort of Laguna Beach area. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was pretty nice to get out. Nice. Um, it's amazing yeah, it... how some people are doing the masks and some people aren't. <laughs> yeah, well, our, you know, yeah, our, our, uh, our county, which is giant county. I mean, the counties in California are as big as states in the East Coast. Our county is confused if we should have a mask rule or we shouldn't, but our governor wants one. So I, uh, I believe we should. I'm going to continue wearing my mask. Uh, yes, I- I'm going to wear one partly because it's out of respect for people that work in these shops and things like exactly. that, aren't they? I, yeah. I, I, you sometimes wonder what the mentality of people that don't wear them. I mean, fair enough if, you, if, you've got a, uh, if you're not concerned yourself about catching something, that's one thing, but also just you know, out of respect for people working in the shops. But anyway, that's a whole separate podcast mm. called uh, called something different than casual watch talk. <laughs> yeah, let's get into let's get into watches. Let's uh, lose ourselves in some some watch talk. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, let's start off with your watch obsession this week. I'm I'm interested to know what you've been obsessing about this week. Yeah. So, uh, my watch obsession has been accuracy. And for those uh, for those folks that join us over on the Facebook group, I've been posting. I just posted a picture. I've got uh, three weeks worth of data, or at least two weeks. Has it been three weeks? I don't know. My my life's a blur, Sam. Um, of data from uh, my new, you know, new to me used uh, Zen One Hundred Four, and uh, full disclosure, uh, I did knock about three seconds a day i added three seconds a day it was running about three seconds slow when i got it Uh, so i added so i added just a touch and i will say uh that uh the salita is super easy to it's instead of having so on the seikos if you guys are familiar uh with if you've ever if you've ever done it yourself or you've ever seen the youtube video where they show you how to do it uh, the Seiko adjustment has that bar that's that's connected to the um, uh, to the to the spring, and the the bar adjusts the whole sort of uh, position. Um, and if you touch that thing, you know, a, a, an eighth of a millimeter, you know, you could knock twelve seconds off of it, no problem. Uh, with the Salida and uh, some of the the value movements, some of the ETA movements, um, they offer basically a uh, a a screw that's um that concentric or oblong or anyway uh that that 
just makes a super micro adjustment. So you just need a small screwdriver and just you know, just a, sl- a light touch of that. And I got it. I got it dialed in, and it was running five seconds slow. And it has been running five seconds slow for three weeks. So excited! You've done a great job of that. I saw some of the uh, stats that you posted on the Facebook group. Yeah, it was. I, it, it, I was stoked when there's uh there's like three nights in a row. I always check my watch before I go to sleep. There's three nights in a row where it was point it was plus point two, and it was just like bang on for three days in a row. I was like, yes, yeah. So, uh, made in Germany, uh, Swiss watch or well, a German watch actually. Uh, but uh, you know the same the same folks that make uh, uh, Swiss stuff and well, Swiss movement should I say? Yeah, yeah, couldn't be happier. Uh, especially used, especially something. It, it's only um, uh, from the paperwork. Uh, Swatch was uh, manufactured in, in last year, so it's not not that bad. So, super excited about that. It's just one of those things. I realize that not everybody is, and and, and uh, sort of God bless you if you if you aren't, because like like it's very much, uh, it's very much like most things. Once you get the taste of the accuracy or you 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 really are focused on something like that it's 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 a it's hard <laughs> you can get into trouble i would say it's a lot like wine when if if you're fine and can enjoy a four dollar bottle of wine it's amazing uh, but if you're the kind of person that can't and has to seek out the more expensive more like vintage or or years or types or brands of anything Uh, then it can get expensive really quick. Regulating a watch. I think it's a scary thought for most people, isn't it? Because you're messing around with what is an extremely delicate mechanical marvel, really. Right. What made that change for you? What made you give it a go? And did you start off with like pocket watches like some people do? Or what what you got got you rolling on it? Yeah, so I went um, and... It started with my Seiko modding. I wanted to put a different set of hands on my on my Seiko turtle, um, and a lot of folks kind of know the story. But uh, it it I basically was like I bought a set of hands from eBay, and I wanted the original. What's it? The sixty five oh nine or something. The the original turtle had a lollipop second hand. So I was like, ah, oh, it'd be really cool if it looked like the vintage turtle. And I went to a watchmaker, and I was like. Hey, can you put these seconds on this watch? And he was like, "Sure, for one hundred and eighty dollars." And I was like, "Oh, oh no, that's a that's a that's a chunk of change." Considering you know we're talking about a watch that was three hundred dollars. Um, so I found somebody else that was like maybe do it for like a hundred, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I just I dove in because I I said, "Well, I'm I'm pretty mechanically inclined. I've built uh, race car engines and and you know done a lot of fabrication for rally and." I'm not afraid of metalworking. I'm not afraid of woodworking and, you know, good with, good with that. So I'm like, maybe we can do that. And was successful in changing the hands myself after buying about $100 worth of tools on, on uh, Amazon. Uh, and then I picked up a vintage, um, a vintage Seiko and completely stripped it apart, put it back together, got it working again, completely stripped it apart, like figured out how it all worked. And then once you get comfortable with that and working with, with the tiny little pieces, then regulation, I would even say regulation is designed for some someone for, for the layman to you know to to adjust. Uh, granted, if you're not doing it every day, but if but with a little bit of experience, I mean it's a it's a set screw. It's a tiny set screw. So if you have a decent set of 
screwdrivers that are you know precise um you can just carefully go in there and if you have the dexterity you can carefully go in there and you know and dial your dial your watch in so it's sure you get comfortable with it comfortable and would with you it, recommend you, know? you mentioned the tools that you got but would you say you mm-hmm. almost definitely need a time grapher as well or yeah absolutely i've i've yes yeah absolutely um the 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 way I started was you can, there are some programs you can download where if you get a really, uh, a really precise microphone or a really accurate microphone, um, you can just, you can put the watch on top of the microphone and, and pick it up on an application. The other thing is they, they, can, they do the same thing with where you do a, a microphone and a clip um, and you can do a, an app on your phone. Um, and this is all to avoid buying a, a $150 machine. Um, and I figured I was deep enough into the hobby that I was going to be doing more Seiko stuff when I ended up doing. Um, so I just, I just splurged and got it. But uh, certainly, certainly Sam's taking advantage of it. I've taken advantage of it. Other folks. I brought it to a, I brought it to a watch meet, our uh, OC Chrono event, um, which I'm looking forward to once the pandemic is over, uh, returning and, and getting back together with folks. But I brought it to uh, one of the events, and we kind of had a uh, accuracy accuracy throwdown. <laughs> now, I always think the scary things with these are that sometimes the analogy that ignorance is bliss. Have you found any of your watches that you really loved that when you've thrown them on the time grapher, it really changed your opinion of them, timing-wise? Yeah, I, and I'm, it's un, it's unfortunate, and again, and I will admit, this is my fault, I I, I will admit, it's my fault that I'm an accuracy snob, but having gone through the watch box and after picking up a 20 year old chronograph, trying to go back to the Seiko NH35 was hard because that it does not have um, positional accuracy at, like at, at all. I mean, it just if you put it on its side, it's going to read plus or minus 10. Um, and you just sort of hope that throughout the day that sort of evens out. Um, but yeah, it, it made me really sort of disappointed in how those movements are made. Yeah. That was an eye opener for me when we did the turtle, because I know when I've mentioned on my channel in the past that my Seiko watches haven't been accurate, you inevitably get the comments, well, mine's, you know, two seconds a day or whatever. But I think mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. what was interesting you found out was that even if you can get it that Seiko movement down in two seconds, and you were just alluding to this now, that turning on its mm-hmm. side, you, you might get te- it might be ten seconds a day, whereas you would sort of find that right. ETA it has a positional accuracy because so depending on how you you know because you not your watch isn't always flat on your wrist; it's usually by your side. Yeah, so I I think first you want to sort of shoot for. I mean, I always this is I always go for accuracy on wrist, and I know watchmakers go for that. That's that's why you tend to get um you tend to get a watch that's running plus two usually. You know, that's sort of where they shoot for because they know that it's not dial up on your. You know, watch runs great, dial up. You know, or dial down. Like it. You know, it's going to it's going to be. It's going to run in that position where it has the least amount of gravity, you know, affecting it. So that's why a watchmaker will give it to you plus two, plus three, something like that. Um, and then as you wear it, then you sort of figure out like for like where that where that ends up where that ends up falling. Um, and 
Yeah, I have. I mean, I have a bunch and I've, I've seen this, especially with the Seiko, like in the box, you know, it might be, you know, sitting on, sitting on, you know, flat dial up five, six seconds, but then wearing it, it just, it zeroes out. And then you're like, okay, it was, you know, it was plus one today or it was minus two today or whatever. And that's, and that's fine. Do you think you're, when you're buying a Seiko watch, if you do get one that's accurate, you know, it, there's probably a 50% chance you might get one that's not accurate as well. I mean, it's hard to say, isn't it? We haven't done enough representative samples, I don't think, but definitely changed my view on, on Seiko. I mean, I, I hadn't had a great deal of luck with mine being very accurate. I think that's why they give such a swathe, isn't it, of, I don't know what it is, like minus 15 plus yeah, 25 y- or something. Right. Yeah, I think it's actually, I think it's, I think the base uh, or the 7S2.6, I think is, is like 40, I think. It's, it might be 30 or 40 seconds, something like that. I haven't looked at the specs. But yeah, exactly. So I found um, after uh, probably modding five or six uh, Seikos, I bought a bunch of movements. I had the um, a repl- couple of replacement NH35s that I picked up uh, that I bought direct from uh, what's Seiko's... Uh, instruments seiko instruments you know which is just the company that's making them for seiko um and and yeah i i would get i would get one that i could that i could regulate down and was a runner and then i would get other ones that you know i mean it was i had uh 7s26 out of uh, one of my original modded watches and i was super excited because i thought that upgrading to the nh35 with hacking and hand winding uh, I thought, okay, this is a, this is a better movement. This is an upgrade, but in actuality, uh, the only difference between an NH35 and the or the you know the the hacking and hand winding movement to the base uh, SKX movement is it just has a lever that stops the <laughs> stops the escapement and allows you to hand wind it. Uh, so it has an extra you know little crown uh, gear in there. Um, but as far as the balance is the same. the 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 springs are the same. the The gears, you know, the gear train's exactly the same. The calendar wheel's exactly the same. Like it's it's all interchangeable parts. Um, so I, when I first ran into this, I had a seven S two six that was super accurate, and I had an H thirty five that wasn't. And I was like, wait a minute, I this is I'm taking this out to put more features in, and that was that was sort yeah, because you almost never see an micro brands don't really talk about this either but if you inevitably if you're back in a micro brand that uses eta or one that uses salita i've just reviewed jimmy collins new uh, collins watches new sonar one and he lists that he that he's had it measured to six points of accuracy and you almost never see that reference when it's a japanese movement do you 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 wouldn't see I, i can't recall a micro brand that says we use the NH35A measured to six positions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At the most, I've seen them do it with the special Miyota. So Notice does it with the 9105 Miyota movement where they'll measure it in five positions. Um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like it's the if you have two options, it's the $150 less NH35 or uh, uh, a regulated to five position, you know, Salida or ETA something. So yeah, something to look out for, for you future accuracy snobs. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I interviewed Spencer Klein, who's one of those rare breed of independent Seiko repair specialists. In fact, he's in such demand. I'm not sure if he's still, if he's taken any more watches on, but he certainly 
told me, and we did a full YouTube video on this, that at one time the Seiko mechanical movements were amazing and he feels that certainly they've they've slipped recently. But having said that, they are trying to get more into the higher end and and we, we've got our fingers crossed yeah. one day for a cheap spring drive, haven't we? Right. That's right. Yeah. And he he did a really good video. If you're going to Spencer Klein's, Klein's YouTube, he did a really good video that that I caught probably like a year and a half ago now, uh, where he was talking about the lubrication problem, um, where the factory just wasn't doing it right. And so they were putting too much lubrication on parts that didn't need it. And then they were putting like the the grease in, in areas that wasn't supposed to have grease. And then and then opposite, he had areas that were dry. And I mean, this is, you know, you just, this level of quality, you like, you, you take, you know, the first, second, third wheel, you take any part of the escapement. And if you don't oil the escapement perfect, it's, you'll, it'll, it'll throw it. So just really after that. So maybe we're, we're trying to get robots to do it, I'm sure. But, uh, but that's, that's something I know Seiko was working on. And, and like I said, Spencer had a great video about that. Yeah, it was funny when I had that that Paddy edition, the one that was the sort of Seiko 62 mass, like the first time they did a homage homage to that one. And we did a whole video, mm-hmm. Spencer and I, and I sent the movement off to him because it started acting really weird. And I was going to send it back to where I bought it from, but then I thought, what a great video it would be. And he'd actually offered to take it apart. And he normally wouldn't do that. He said, these movements are so... I mean, I paid $800 for the watch, but the movement was just the um i think like yeah. 40 so he said normally yeah. he would just replace it out, but special, he actually yeah. took it apart and you're yeah. right he found lubrication issues and because there's machines making them on mass it's not somebody hand lubricating them or whatever right. but uh, it's an interesting yeah. discussion i yeah, mean we both are still seiko fans aren't we but mm-hmm. absolutely yeah 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 absolutely for i think because I haven't done my watch obsession yet, I think we're going to use my watch obsession for the main body of the show here. And also because we've been talking about eBay and buying and selling watches on eBay. And I maybe got a little bit burnt on eBay, but we're going to we're going to talk it through because I wasn't following all of the best advice uh, that I would give somebody else. I wasn't following it myself, but... We're back and forth. But before we do that, we're nearly at the 20-minute mark. Let's just pause for a very quick ad break. Well, welcome back, everyone. So, Chris, I, th- I might have done a naughty thing on eBay. I know, right? We'll get into your watch obsession this yeah. week. Right? So my watch obsession this week is... You've heard me talk about it on the channel a couple of times. I've also been posting it on the Facebook group. And if you've not a member of the Casual Watch Talk Facebook group yet, head over there there's some great conversation isn't there chris i've been really impressed how it's grown yeah absolutely yep a lot of fun over there uh, people have been giving me ideas for for the youtube channel we've been getting plenty ideas for the podcast we've been getting to see some fantastic watches also some really interesting discussion there was an interesting discussion about cosc uh Mm -hmm. certification Mm -hmm. today which was a real eye-opener for me we've got some We've got some real experts on there. So big shout out to everyone on on that Facebook group. So today, my watch obsession has been the Breitling B1. If you've not seen this, it was an Annie Digi Breitling watch made from 1998 to the early 2000s. 
Mm-hmm. I think in the past, if I'd seen this watch, I wouldn't have been that blown away by it. But as I'm becoming more of a watch collector, I've got a real appreciation for quartz and what certain companies have done with quartz. So I've been really, mm-hmm. I've been really looking for one of these Breitling B1s. The reason being is it's a modest size. So it's like a 44 millimeter case, but now the new ones are huge in fact some of them are that big they're making them in titanium because i think if they were in steel oh wow yeah they're just not yeah, club someone, someone out <laughs> also the bezel is it's like a rever- it's um a, a reverse timing bezel it's not a dive bezel okay. it's like a, count, a reverse countdown bezel the action on it is stunning it's got a slide rule on there as well so you went Looking for one of these. You guys went off. Yeah, I think uh, Chris and, and you had a uh, one of our fellow members. Uh, you guys went off on a, on a tangent where you're looking, doing some research, looking for a special one of these, right? I've been looking on Chrono24. I've been looking on eBay. And what's weird about this particular watch is there's a couple of things weird about it. The pricing is all over the place. You can find yeah. some that are $1,500 from Japan, but they look like the hands are damaged. You can find ones Crown and Calibre have got them for in excess of $2,000. There doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason to the pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been stalking a few. Also, the other weird thing with it is apparently the module inside when you read on a Breitling forum is not necessarily covered under a Breitling service. So if the module goes, people have been stung for quite a bit of money. The analog digital, it's been a real interesting. I've been stalking them for probably about two months now. Anyway, I found. Yeah, it's, it's good. And it's good that you're, you, that's sort of, as we were talking last week, you, you do your research. Like you gotta, you gotta find out what are the, what are these sold for? What are these, what are the, what are people buying them for? What are they, you know, these modules, right? Exactly. And good. I managed to find one, which is a very rare one on eBay. The guy had just listed it as a military insignia one. He had no idea. There's an outline of a helicopter on the dial, and he thought it was a schnook, but it, it schnook, but it isn't. Um, so I did a bit of research, Chris, on the uh, Facebook group and our military expert. He'd also helped me with some research because I didn't want to buy one mm-hmm. if it was some obscure like military or it was like a KGB watch or something. Yeah, or or like you know the the. Uh... You know, the group that provided food for the, you know, which is important. It's important. But also the group that provided food for the for the guys that fly jets. You're like, I, I, I kind of want the guys that fly jets. What? <laughs> or helicopters, you know, attack helicopters. Yeah, yeah you yeah, need yeah, to exactly. know what the insignia is, don't you? Anyway, so it turns out that this insignia on the dial is RA. It was sold in America, but it's an RAF squadron insignia. So being British and okay. when I was a kid, I was I had a real obsession with the RAF. I was in the air cadets, uh, the the um, air training oh, okay. corps for a long time Uh, so i had a real passion for the raf so i was like great it's got the raf on it and then it had so it's got uh, like a pegasus symbol and it turns out that only 28 of these particular watches were ever made and they were gifts for this squadron squadron 28 which was Mm -hmm. based Mm -hmm. one of the squadrons that came back from hong kong when that was 
uh, passed back to Chinese rule from British rule mm-hmm. in 1997. Mm-hmm. It was definitely looked beat, beat up on the listing, but it's a highly polished case. So I kind of gave that a pass. And yeah, I yeah. don't know. What, what do you think, Chris? I mean, sometimes if it's a highly polished case and it's scratched up, that's a good sign because it's not been polished or true true yeah yeah and i'm not and i like i'm not as afraid of i mean you know with the with a polishing cloth with a with a buffer like you you can you can get that back it's the it's the the watches to look out for you right are the ones that are like you can see all the edges are rounded and the thing is super polished mirror finished yeah you're almost looking for something with Oh, okay. So it's got some desk scratches on it. You're like, okay, so now I know that, it, you know, the thing wasn't refinished from zero uh, 20 times. Exactly. So I wasn't too mad that it was bashed up. Also, I'm going to bash it up. And it's- yeah, yeah. And that, and that's actually an interesting side point. So one of the reasons and, you know, or felt, you know, folks that have been listening in, you sold your refurbished Omega, you sold your Tudor basically because you were petrified of scratching it up and here it's sort of you're, t- you're giving yourself a pass because you're like it's already got scratches exactly <laughs> so exactly so this guy had it listed for eighteen hundred dollars but he did have it on as uh make an offer make, make an, an offer. make an offer right mm-hmm. and he had good ish feedback he's got nearly six thousand feedback and only four negative so that's usually a pretty mm-hmm. good sign. I mean, you'd hope that they would have no negative, but I, I read them and I was like, okay, fair enough, it's got some negative. And I put in a real ch- cheeky offer of $1,500. So 300 less than what he had it listed for, and he accepted it straight away. Mm. And, and in that offer, mm-hmm. I'd actually asked some details, like, does it have box and papers? Because the description was super vague. It was like, this is in good use right. condition. Take it or leave exactly. it. Exactly. Then when the watch arrived, the dial is this is this is my quandary, Chris. So the dial is definitely damaged. My suspicion right. is that maybe the crystal has cracked on it, and then somebody's tried to like wipe away the glass fragments. And like you mentioned, the loom is not on there, and no, neither is the picture mm-hmm. of the helicopter. So we're wondering. What what did you think it was? Oh, I, I said uh, so. Isopropyl alcohol melts loom; it'll just dissolve it just immediately. So if if someone went to clean up that dial and like wiped it with isopropyl, maybe that's how you lost. So you you lost the there's like some some uh, black printing that goes over the silhouette of yeah. the helicopter, and then that makes sort of sense that if that was like a sticker or that was a decal that was applied, and then you have the the loom itself. Um, it, it makes sense that someone has attempted to, or, or, you know, at some point cleaned that dial with some, some chemical. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and the dial is definitely scratched. Now the, the hands have also, uh, are also scratched. Now this is my quan, mm-hmm. this is the quandary and this is what we've been discussing before. And this is why we thought we might turn it into a podcast is there's a lot of pros and cons for this watch. I, for a start. I really just like the watch, which we were saying is a big advantage because I've been really struggling recently yeah. buying watches online, and just when you see them in person, they're just not right. Right, and they don't, and they don't, they don't wear right, and they're not for you, and sort of. This. So yeah, so you now have a situation where okay, so you you were interested in the B one, and you've got one, and you've been wearing it, and you like the look of it. It's not too big; it wears well, right? Exactly. 
Yeah, it's already got scratches on it, so I'm not afraid of scratching it. It's not like a precious object. I think I, I think at fifteen hundred dollars, it was a good deal for. It was a good deal for the dis, the described condition. I think it's in slightly worse condition than what's described. Yeah. My quandary is mm-hmm. that the seller's quite nasty about it. Actually, I, I, I contacted them straight mm-hmm. away, which is what you should do. Contact them straight away. You know, before mm-hmm. you adjust the bracelet, before you do anything. In fact, I was a little bit worried myself, so I filmed the entire unboxing literally cutting the box open not not for a youtube video for security (laughs) just for protection yeah consumer protection so i mean you can't if if you get down into a you know i mean hey it's a everyone has a cell phone camera just right why not like it's you know just take a video great i think you should what's your view on doing it when you're packaging up the watch as well and you're sending off to be sold um i mean i've yeah, I, I I wouldn't think to. So so as the seller, what's the proof that that I gave you the thing that I said I was going to give you and put it in the box? Like I could make a video of it and then just yeah. send you a brick. You know what I mean? Like it's not or I send you a different watch, that sort of thing. But I think if you're receiving it, um, you have a sealed item that hasn't been opened, and so then you can say like, no, this is like you can see the video. Like this has not been opened before, and then you open it, and then you're like, this is exactly how yeah, I received exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I did because, you know, you always have a little bit of suspicion. And I emailed the seller. He's, he's quite nasty, really, about it. He, I asked him whether, obviously, they've been damaged to the dial. He's claimed that there wasn't. I attached some photos, etc. And we, we went back and forth. I initially asked for a partial refund to see if I could get the dial reconditioned myself. I, I don't even know how you would do that. Yeah. Now, now uh, one second. So you also found like the provenance you found a picture of this in its original state like the actual like there's yeah. a site that you found when you when doing your research um and you found the provenance of it you, you found the the original dial and then you you sent that picture to him and said like listen this is clearly not the same and then he, he even he disputed did, yeah. that yeah you're right he said that they were made in small batches no two are the same which is a lie i mean these are uh, that's not yeah it's gonna look like Right. It's a unique watch that, what, 28 were made, and it's going to look like the one that they issued. Like, it's not going to be it's not gonna, the silhouette of the helicopter. Exactly. And, yeah, you're totally right. And these aren't a limited edition watch. This is a, this is a military squadron, and Chris, uh, we'll have to get him back on the channel. We will get him back on the channel to talk mm-hmm. about these because he bought one for his, um, his squadron with their insignia oh, on it so okay. these are where yeah spe- like special issue special yeah, so issue, this is, yeah. yeah exactly so this is where a, a, a squadron mm-hmm. in this case would go to breitling and say we want our insignia on there our military insignia to commemorate something and this one happens to be commemorating right. this squadron 28 helicopter pilots so they're not limited mm-hmm. edition it's not you you cannot buy these yourself you would not be able to buy one of these yourself oh you right okay so it's even so super yes. unique. Yeah, they're not like a souvenir of that squadron or whatever. They are a custom ordered dial. Bright, um, right. Yep. Braemont do this a lot. Braemont do this a lot. Mm-hmm. I think some mm-hmm. of them have stopped doing it. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if Breitling still do it, but they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is my quandary now is, do I send it back because of the, da- the, the dial? Now, you can't see it from afar. It's only because, this is to your earlier point, isn't it? 
if I wasn't a watch geek, I wouldn't be looking at this thing under right. a loop. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have done all the right. research. I would just think it looks cool. Yeah, which it does. Yeah. It looks cool. It does. It looks cool. And as I said to you, like as soon as you look at anything under a 10x loop, it looks like trash. So like I'll see pictures. Like people will post up pictures on like Reddit where they'll like show the the printing or the 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 applying of the paint to a gmt hand on a rolex and they're like oh goodness gracious and you're like it's a 20x picture no one is ever looking at watches at this dimension you know and like i can only imagine like i have a couple watches you know like some of the mods that i've done where like i just i had finger cots on and like clean environment and just brushed the hands a little too hard and there's this this little imprint that gets left on the dial and when you're staring at it under a loop it you you notice it so yeah i agree you're uh the curse of uh the curse of the watch yeah, guy so, there so the the disadvantage maybe we should talk through the advantages and the disadvantages of it yeah let's yeah the, the dis the disadvantages are something's happened to the dial somebody who's not a watchmaker or somebody who doesn't know what they're doing has messed with the dial and hands the yeah. because the digital the module in these is is very expensive is there other damage to the module we don't know is there un, some mm-hmm. unspecified know, damage right. to the module that we don't know about also the chances are i will never be able to get the helicopter put back on there it must have been a decal right i'm sure that breitling do this as right. a one-off if they print the dial i don't know also i'm not sure yeah. whether i could get the loom reapplied i think you can but then who 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 do we know that does that who do we trust that does that right and 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 having a watchmaker do that just you know two hours that's going to be that's going to be four hundred dollars <laughs> of, of their time to do something like that yeah so those are the dis- there's no box and papers either now i have gone onto a website where i checked whether it was stolen or not i don't know if you've seen there's two there's two prominent websites where you can go in and put the serial number in okay and i put it i put it i put it in the the largest one it cost me like six six dollars and it said no this watch has not been reported lost or stolen okay not been reported lost and stolen. okay that's you know that's something to think about when you when you get if you're you know i think you got that offer accepted you got the you got the quote-unquote great deal because clearly the seller is is trying to obfuscate some of the damage that's been done to this and like they're they're being super vague about it or they're not giving you details so you you've uncovered the reason why he jumped at the chance to give you a $1,500 offer you know or to take your $1,500 offer you, you've uncovered that yeah if you had this you know if this thing was in absolute min condition and he you know and he accepted an offer of seven hundred dollars for it that then you're like wait a minute you know if it's too good to be true totally a good idea especially for the when, once you get into this price point luxury watch price point you know you're dealing with two thousand dollar three thousand dollar new like new these watches were three thousand dollars like yeah okay drop the spend the six bucks drop the serial number and and see if and see if this fell off a truck because we don't want to we don't want to support sellers on ebay that that think they can fence exactly so those are the those are the disadvantages to it the dial the dial is scratched there could be other damage that we don't know about also having the helicopter added on again is probably going to be almost impossible now the positive points about keeping it are the silhouette of the helicopter is still there so it does it does still yeah. look like a helicopter it just hasn't got the name underneath it's got a banner that basically doesn't have anything it's just a white silhouette so it doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. look awful mm-hmm. okay the 
the fact that there's no loom on it is annoying, but the any digi part of it, the light, it does have a backlight, so you can press it in the backlight. And apparently, that is also one of the things that's tricky with this model is that backlight fails and it can't be repaired. If you look on forums, okay. So, but the backlight is working, so this is a pro. And and yeah, you could just okay. So it's night. You just press, yeah. Like we, I think it's funny. We we and like anybody that has a dive watch. I mean, uh, you know, we love. We love our loom, but in all practicality, it's like you're you're just gonna you're just gonna press the button. <laughs> you're just gonna light e- it up. Exactly. So. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. The dial, I think, is authentic because a the printing is very sharp. The slide rule printing is still very sharp on the dial, which I think is exceptionally hard to fake from what I've seen. Also, right. who would think to fake? RAF squadron it doesn't even have the RAF logo on it It, somebody just I don't know who would think to fake this if and to get it so intricate and precise and it looks exactly like the bits that are remaining look exactly like the reference images online I mean there's no deviation there no it seems I would yeah I definitely I would take it I would take it that it's legitimate that it's a that's legit and then the other the other advantage with keeping it is the seller has offered me a partial refund. Now, it's suggestion more mm-hmm. than a significant chunk. But, you know, at least... And they might, I might have to accept that because they might not accept the refund at all. And then I have to go through eBay and, and all of that kind of jazz. Yeah. Um, the, mm-hmm. the, and, that, and, and that's another... I mean, that's another, like, you know, you guys, if you're looking on eBay for stuff, like, you got to check the seller, you know, just like if you're, you know, and I hear uh, Federico mention this, like, you know, you got you got to you got to trust the seller, you got to buy the seller, you know, and you got to go in and and look at his reviews, which you said you did, and then look at his return policy and then go through the go through the the, the stuff. Just do a little bit of a looking here before you. Yeah. And I didn't kind of do that because I was so eager to put in like a cheeky offer that was below the market value right. for them that and I wasn't expecting him to accept it. I was I was putting in an offer just because. <laughs> Just to see what would happen, just to to open the door, yeah. Yeah. To start it, yeah. Um, then the other thing, advantage of keeping it, which this is going to sound weird, but I feel like it's a very important part of RAF history because these watches, there was only twenty eight, and they weren't given to the entire squadron. They were only given to the commanders, I believe, of the squadron. There's a very good website that has it detailed, which will I'll leave a link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it kind of needs preserving a little bit the military history yeah, of it. So, yeah, yeah, the preservation. Yeah, of I don't know how many yeah. of these survived. I don't know how many more of these are out there out of the yeah. twenty-eight. Well, okay. So the question, the next question I have is: so you've got you've got a you asked for some sort of for some money back because it wasn't as as described. He has not offered you as much as you asked for. So would you sell this to someone else? Like if, if, if another one of these came along and it had the RAF logo on it and it was amazing, would, would you sell it to someone else? Would you maybe keep it? Would it would you, where are you at? It's a really interesting thing, isn't it? I, I've thought about this a lot because there must be people who are in that RAF squadron must, I mean, this represents mm-hmm. a piece of history for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's got some value to somebody like that. I mean, if I was to list it again, I mean, I would be taking incredibly detailed photographs of this. 
as I do with all right. of my eBay yeah. listings because it is exactly. not worth it is not worth it leaving a sour taste in somebody's mouth. I have never had negative mm-hmm. feedback, and I've got over a well over a thousand feedback that of things that I've sold, which I've sold double that because I mean probably triple that because nobody hardly everybody leads feedback if you're a if you're a seller. Right, right, and that's and if you're and if you are a seller, I mean you're that is like I, I, everybody asks like I get these questions sometimes where they're just like well, what you know like how do you oh how do I, how do I list and sell stuff on eBay just like take eight really good high resolution photographs like it's not it's not 1980 where you had to have like film developed here like you could just take a thousand photos and just pick eight really good photographs and just blast a bunch of of good high quality photos there if you, you want to sell it because i've you know i've also gotten uh folks that bought a watch from me that claimed like oh well there was there was all these scratches on the back well you're like oh, where were these scratches because i'm looking at nine pictures of just the bracelet <laughs> so so i mean to protect to protect yourself as a seller but yeah and you kind of went into this so to to set the kind of synopsis here you you went into this with like a throwaway offer you saw a couple pictures on it you you were interested in the provenance it was a price that was like you said cheeky where you're like hey if the guy accepts it that'll be amazing and i'll be happy with it so you're you're kind of close to where if he's giving you some money back for the fact that the dial is is damaged you're you're kind of really close to this being okay with your purchase it sounds like and as I said in the sort of the beginning, now you've you've had it on wrist. You know that you enjoy at least this this case style, this case type, this this you know this module, this type. Um, so I almost think, you know, maybe just kick it down the road a little bit, and you say, well, you wear it. It's got it is what it is. Maybe you look into replacing the hands. Maybe you look into you know relooming. How much that's going to cost? If if you you know if we or maybe you know or you don't, and then. You set up a few eBay searches and you and you maybe figure out uh, and yeah and like and you just you're its caretaker for a little while. I, I might do that. I might do that. I mean, it and it's definitely a, a on eBay. Regardless, you pay your money and you take your chance, don't you? A lot of the time. I mentioned this, I think, before, but there there are the details that yeah you pay the money and and I've had I've had watches that I purchased on eBay that have just been flawless, and then I've had them be. I've had ones where it was a slog. Uh, that 103 that I bought where the crown, they listed some issue, but I mean, the crown maybe screwed in like a third of a turn, maybe a quarter of a turn. And so you're like, so to someone who's like, oh, well, the crown, you know, the threading may be suspect. You know, you're like, this doesn't even thread <laughs> your interpretation of what the situation is, you know, or, or how yeah. it is. So. Now, hopefully this has been an interesting podcast for somebody we just i just wanted to well we just wanted to take you through the chain of thought of talking yeah. about ebay talking about the pros and cons of when you get a watch to keep it should you not mm-hmm. i think it highlights the fact that and we talk about it a little bit like yes it's you know for for us value is important but also uh we've mentioned the uh the the authorized dealer experience We've mentioned the story. I mean, for however much heartache I had with that 103 that I got with the crown messed up, it turned into a great story because I was able to import parts from Germany and I had friends on forums that were, you know, 
shipping stuff across uh, across borders and on black market importing parts in the United States, et cetera, et cetera. So it becomes that it becomes that story. So there is value in that. There's there's you know the 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 value of the hunt where you know you're looking for this particular watch and you're you're you've got your searches and you know the figuring out you know what what you want and you want that that experience to go smoothly and it's a bummer when it doesn't because it really you know Sam when we started talking about this you you were you were you know not not worried about the money because it was just you you gave this sort of throwaway offer and sweet you got a Breitling V1 for a great price but that sort of is this experience souring every time i look at my wrist or i'm out in public and someone is like oh hey cool watch you know you like or or you're talking to someone about like raf and how you know the the same story that you told is it enough to sour that i I don't i don't think it is but you have to make exactly and i think if you could if the dial could have maybe a layer of lacquer applied to it it would get rid of the scratches it's certainly been interesting, and you can't buy one of these new. You can only buy them secondhand. They're, they're yeah. a model that isn't made anymore. And like you said, it's been a great exercise knowing that I really like the watch because with that Squale mm-hmm. that I bought and a few other ones I bought online where you see them in person, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I quite like that. That's a real hard thing with buying stuff online. That uh, Some of the watches are just no way of getting around because you, you can't see them unless they're... Especially a lot of these, I mean, the micro brands, I mean, they talk about uh, subverting the industry. Well, yeah, that also means that they don't have brick and mortar stores and that you can't actually, can't actually try them on. So that's, you know, that's, that's something we have to, yeah, certainly do. All right, guys. Well, that was, uh, you kind of heard our stream of thought there, Chris and I. Uh, Hopefully you found that interesting. As always, we do appreciate your comments. Head over to Casual Watch Talk Facebook group and let us know. Let us know that you're listening that you're enjoying the podcast. If you've got any suggestions as well, let us know over there. Just uh, request a membership. We'll invite you on and then just let us know you're a listener and that you've got an idea for an upcoming podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, Chris, anything anything last on that subject or should we wrap it up here? No, I think we're good. I think we're good. We're uh, it'll be up to you uh, if you're going to if you're going to keep it, how the how the story unfolds, but uh, I think we uh, I think we went through bit by bit kind of the steps that we that we go through on these purchases absolutely good luck as always we really do appreciate you listening and we'll see you next time on casual watch talk thanks guys bye